Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Good morning, Emmett. How are you? Very well indeed. Let's get into Rupert Murdoch first of all. Um, he he's a Marmite figure, and the, you know he has a great business record. Journalistically, some people would uh, point to various scandals and controversies that have engulfed him over the decades. But nevertheless, for the two companies involved here, News Corp and Fox. This is big news. He is the main guiding, shaping influence of these two companies. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's been there for seven decades. And, and I think, as you said, he is a very influential and a very controversial figure in, in world media. It's not just U.S. media. Look, he's he, he's pretty much been a, a, an unabashed unabashedly um, conservative voice within the ownership of papers all around the world. And I think, you know, certainly I, I wouldn't expect anything to change under the under his son, Lachlan Murdoch, who's obviously coming in now. Uh, he's going to be sole chairman. But as you said, I, I think he is, he may be gone in inverted commas, but he will not be forgotten for the simple reason that I, I doubt any major decision will be made within that organisation that isn't run past father first, you know. Yeah, and what a lot of the media are reflecting on is the battle for control of the company. You have mentioned Lachlan, his son, but there are other children. There are daughters, Elizabeth and the wonderfully named Prudence Murdoch. We also have his son, James, and there are one or two others knocking around from earlier marriages as well. You just have to to look at succession to see. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's all there already. we've We've had this script before. But do you think, you know, obviously, you know, he's been put into executive responsibility, the son, but the family trusts that controls the two companies' shareholdings. I mean, that's still up for grabs, particularly when Rupert himself passes away. Yeah, I, th- I, I think that's where the real difficulty is going to happen. And I think, you know, we, we, we've got this very nice telegraphed uh, move of power. And look, it's, it's been going on for years. Everybody has known uh, for quite some time that Lachlan is going to take over as, as chairman and chief executive of the, of the entity. And as you say, that's fine. That's the day-to-day stuff. But ultimately, in years to come, you know, when, when when Rupert passes on, there is a big, big fight, I think, for that trust and who, who is going to control it, because ultimately it's the trust that, that, that controls the shareholding. Yeah. And just for people listening in who think this is oh, something of a far away importance, obviously he owns a, a large number of titles in the Irish market. The Times, the Sunday Times, the various tabloids, uh, the Sun, of course. So he has a reach into this market as well and in the UK as well. It's, it's very important to emphasise that they're no longer the, the apple of his eye in terms of the assets he owns, but these are important assets in Britain and Ireland as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that's really important is that, you know, that, that you know, when you look back over the history, everybody knows the newspapers and the, and the TVs and things like that, but where the real problem for them of late is that, you know, it hasn't achieved the same prominence in the new world of streaming video or short form or user generated content. You know, when you think about News Corp and, and, and Fox, it's, it's, dominated by print, movie theatre, cable, broadcast, TV. But it really hasn't moved into the next generation of, of, of news and publishing. And I think that's going to probably be the biggest um, uh, task for Lachlan is to how does it, um, how, how does it manoeuvre itself into that as we go forward? And at the same time, you know, um, uh, uh, try to get itself through some of the 
pretty notorious scandals and high profile scandals that have, have rocked the company, you know, phone hacking and obviously even more recently the, the, the very strong support of Trump. So I, I think it'll be very interesting to see over the next few years. Yeah, because when we assess his record, he essentially missed the internet. I mean, he, he essentially went from newspapers into TV, as you've said, he broke with Fox in the US in particular. But he, he hasn't had that position in digital. You know, the social media companies have kind of broken in there from Facebook and Twitter in more recent years. So his record is a mixed one, but he's managed to milk and take so much out of the TV and newspapers that he's stayed prominent. He's managed to shock people with some of the editorial lines taken by Fox. So he, he's kind of almost denied the Internet and managed to survive. But I, I, as you say, Lachlan may be the one that needs to address that gap in the portfolio of assets the company has. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the other thing too is, you know, the currency that Lachlan is dealing with is not as strong as it you know, would have been in the past in terms of if he wanted to do deals, you know, he's you know, if he wants to buy assets now, he's coming up against some very, very big corporations with very deep pockets that, you know, don't rely just on a news cycle to to um to to, to generate revenue. Now, Aidan, let's look more domestically. Talk about uh, companies with big pockets. We have Ryanair emblazoned across the front of the Irish Times business section. It says Ryanair pulls 17 routes from Dublin in row at DAA. It's also talking about not parking 19 enviro-friendly aircraft and just generally trimming its capacity in Dublin Airport. It's claiming it's doing this in retaliation for a big increase in passenger charges, which it says are 45% up. Dublin Airport strongly disagrees with this, so we've a row about figures here. Do you see this as, A, just the usual DAA versus Ryanair kind of battles that go on every winter, or do you see this as something more significant and more long-term? Look, I I, I I think it's definitely a bit of both. I, I, I think there is, a, a, you know, and and it's funny because obviously on on both sides of this argument now we've we've got we've got either an existing Ryanair person or a former Ryanair person. And the fact that the the DAA is obviously now run by by Kenny Jacobs, who was, you know, director of marketing for for Ryanair for quite some time. So, you know. It's not as if they can pull anything. Ryanair can pull anything from the playbook that he hasn't either seen or written in the past, right? And, and I do think it's an interesting um, uh, comment he makes. He says, "I love Ryanair, and I love the way they sometimes won't let the facts get in the way of a good story." And you're going to go, "Well, Kenny, you kind of master that yourself." <laughs> um, but ultimately, look, and, and, and you know, when, when, when the, the big figures are thrown around, that Ryanair is saying that there's a 45 percent increase in in in, la- in airport charges, and DAA are saying no. Six. I, I think it's very interesting that the the um, Irish Aviation Authority have come out and said, "Well, actually, they're both right," and and it just depends on what lens you look through. The forty five percent reference uh, by Ryanair compares the twenty twenty two price to where it'll likely cap out in twenty twenty six, whereas the DAA is comparing the uh, price of inflation, uh, the, the the move from the price cap from twenty twenty three to twenty twenty four. So, as is always the case in these things, Emmett, the, the devil is in the detail but i think and and look that's going to get headlines ultimately i do think at the end of the day ryanair run uh, are looking to run an optimum schedule and it's as simple as that and if the routes that they look at and they run through the winter don't stack up 
they they cast and they they'll cancel them. It's they're not in the business of of running a, a route just for the sake of it, you know. And I think if they can kind of cloak it in whatever way, higher charges and get a dig into a couple of airports, that's fine. And it's not just Dublin airports or Dublin route based routes. They've also pulled other routes in in the fleet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, let let me just uh, switch your emphasis slightly from from up in the air to what uh, can be generated from the air, which is wind energy. Big story in the Irish Independent, uh, Statcraft. This is the the state-owned Norwegian sort of energy company. They've bought a large portfolio of, of onshore wind assets. This sort of industry is becoming big business. It's kind of frontier land in Ireland. Obviously, it's more developed in some other European countries. But essentially, this Norwegian Nordic energy giant has snapped up 12 onshore wind farm projects. We don't have a purchase price, at least it's not in this article, but it does mm. illustrate that this is a growing, expanding and, and a big, deep capital base industry, isn't it? Where, you know, people will need to pay more attention to it. I, I, I think there's two things here. I think one, obviously, you know, you look long term, we know what the, re, the the plans are for renewables. But I think the other thing that's really, really important is that given the sums of money that we're talking about, this is a big player's game, if you will. Like you have to have fairly substantial firepower to do these because there's no point in having kind of one energy project here and another one over there you need to start thinking about a network and and it's interesting because the other announcement obviously from Statcraft yesterday was that they were going to build the first uh, four-hour grid-scale battery energy storage system in, in, in County Offaly and I think that's what's really going to play out as we go through it's going to be about you know, creating big companies, creating a network of both wind energy farms, but also all of the infrastructure around battery farms and 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 the like to make this thing work properly. Um, so I think we will see more of these deals where you know ultimately in ten or fifteen years' time you might only have you know four or five players owning most of it and running most of it. But that's what you need when you have to 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 pay out the large sums the capital that they, that these projects entail. All right, we'll leave it there. A mixed bag of articles and, and stories jostling around in the papers, but good reading nevertheless. For the moment, we'll leave it there. Aidan Donnelly, who is from Davies Stockbrokers, and coming up... Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.